Okay, guys. Uh, welcome back. I'm back at home. This is Darrell again from Gundog Notebook. Of course, you know this because you're on the Gundog Notebook. Um, I'm back from Kansas. I'm literally back. I haven't even undressed. I still got my, my main hunting boots on. Um, I'm literally still camoed out. Okay. I smell like ass. Okay. I, I have, it, that's what happens when you camp in the woods. It's all good. Ruger is knocked out right here under my legs. That dog had a hell of a hunt, hell of a time. Um, and I just kind of wanted to kind of conclude it all and give a bit of a recap to just the whole experience as is. So if y'all don't mind, let me uh, get my normal things going real quick and I'll go ahead and start the podcast. Okay, I had to get my my uh, you know traditional drink and stuff like that going because I just got back in. I'm just doing a uh, sweet water IPA, nothing outrageous, and uh, you know just first of all the whole damn thing was really fun. I've never had that much fun hunting before. And every day, I, I'm pretty sure almost every day, or every day but one of those days, we came back with something. So, that's a start. So, the first, the first like, hell, first hour of us actually being there, we pulled up to uh, Perry Wildlife Area. And uh, it's a little further east in Kansas, I think. I got my locations right and that was a duck spot that Eric knew about hunted there before first damn time first within a, within an hour at, at least we were scouting and stuff like that trying to find a spot it's about what one two o'clock in the morning got to get up in two hours we slept in the truck but you know as soon as we get there wounded gal wall was in the water Tried to dodge Razor, um, Eric Chesapeake around a couple of times, and it didn't work. I mean, of course, he he retrieved it like a, like a real Chessie would, and, uh, you know, got on up out there, brought it out the water. We didn't even have guns on us. That's how good that dog is. Brought it back, put it on the ground. Ruger finished him off. Hell, that's cool, too. Uh, and I was wringing his neck and unfortunately broke the head off. My bad. But it's cool. So that was a gad wall. Eric was like, you know, you can have that one. So we get back up in about two hours. And we were literally the first ones on the property. It was pitch black, you know, cold. It was 28 degrees, which I'm sure it gets colder. You know, most hardcore duck hunters uh, 
probably, or I'm pretty sure, deal with way colder temperatures. But 28 degrees on the first dunk hunt, my first dunk hunt, that that there broke me in real good. But uh, so that was cool. Then we come in, and just the prettiest thing in the world to me that next day was number one here in like the Duck Call Orchestra. Okay, hold on. I gotta, I gotta do my duck call. So I got this uh, Ducks Unlimited. Shout out to them. They uh, sent me. I had two duck calls out there. I had a Duck Commander one and uh, a a Buck Gardner uh, Ducks Unlimited duck call. My my Duck Commander call is black. It's like you know traditional one. It was okay. I don't have any like negatives about it, but. I don't think I've really spent enough time with it. I don't think I vibed with it like it. And, and everybody tells me like duck calls have their own personality. I think I heard that somewhere. And they do. My Buck Gardner one, that was, this one was the truth. So real quick, I'll show you both calls. Uh, take them out. I thought it was cool to have them in my, my shotgun. Uh, Shell holder on, on the butt stock. Oh, damn, I need to take them ducks out too. Uh, so, this is my uh, Duck Commander Shadow Call. And it's cool. It was my first duck call. I uh, It's nice. It's black. I like it. Uh, but it, I don't think it really, I really vibed with it as much as my other one. But this is it. So that was the uh, Duck Commander one. It's cool. You know, I worked it a bit. Now, what got me, I think my spit froze up in it. 28 degrees, I literally think my reed froze, which is fine. So, and I, I had to pull it out because at one, at one point, I got to shooting at ducks and dropped my Buck Gardner one. And another flock came in, and I was trying to find it real quick. Uh, and uh, I, I couldn't. It was blended into the grass. It's kind of green. And so I had to pull my Duck Commander one out. And, it, you know, I, I, I stayed in there. Okay. But this is my Buck Gardner Duck Commander. Uh, I'm not Duck Commander. My Buck Gardner Ducks Unlimited call. I, I I really like that call. Um, it feels good in my hands, and uh, I just like it. I, I really like that call. I don't know what it was, but I used that one the most. Um, I I feel like I learned the most on it, and I know I got a lot more practice on duck calling, and that's definitely something that I enjoyed about it. Also, uh, 
you know, I really, really, really get down with that. Shout out to Ducks Unlimited for as much, uh, like, Mars projects and stuff that I saw they were doing out there. Like, they are really, really, really trying to create some serious habitat for these ducks. And I've, like, watched YouTube videos on, like, the, the history of Ducks Unlimited, which is a really good video to watch on YouTube. It's kind of, you know, has that old traditional kind of feel and stuff like that. Uh, old Tommy kind of feel talks about the history and, you know, all the way back to, I think, like the Great Depression, maybe before that. But uh, that call, I just, I liked it more. Um, I don't know if that was a good representation of it, but hell, if it was, that that's the call that I like doing. So Eric also had a... Really, 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 really cool uh, duck call from uh, from uh, Antonio Duckman Jones, which is a really he's like a like a world class uh, he's like a world class uh, you know duck caller. He's black, which was really cool, um, and. Like I really, I've seen some of his stuff before, but Eric had one. It was like a hundred thirty dollar, hundred thirty five dollar call. But I mean, man, like that call sounded so nice, like so pretty. And that's that's such an interesting, like key component to duck hunting is is knowing them calls and you know when they flying away. Best comparison that I heard about you know how to call ducks. I mean, it's just, I just be watching videos and listening to people, but it's like, you know, when the ducks are coming in, you kind of cool. They're doing what you want them to do. They're kind of circling, and they, uh, you know, they're getting close, and and you don't really have to call as much. You don't really have to call as much. Um, you just kind of guide them on in and it's it's a lot less calling it's it's more chill it's like as was told to me kind of like you know doing what your mama said you you know told you to go do right and she kind of just talking when you're doing what you need to do you kind of getting there she gonna tell you to keep coming but she not really going off let's say the ducks are overhead and uh Maybe like 30, 40 yards overhead, maybe 50, just kind of swarming in. Sometimes you just got to chill. Like you just, you know, call the. And you just kind of. Just chill, and maybe that was even too much. If they're closer, don't call at all. Just like kind of let them observe your decoys. Like just let them kind of circle around, right? And uh, you had this like cadence with them, and then it's cool when they start calling back to you. One of them started talking back to me. That was kind of cool. They responded to you, but then. If you selling and they ain't buying, uh, in terms of calling or they not really liking your decoy spread or something like that, 
and they start flying away, then it's like when your mama get mad at you. She get to yelling at you. You kind of just, you know, just yell at him a bit, telling him to bring that ass on back. And, uh, you know, what was really cool about that, I'm sorry if that was really loud, y'all, but that shit was cool to me. But what was really cool was how they responded in one big flock, man, like huge flock. And that second day, we all, it's like the, the calling orchestra. Like we all just singing it in damn thing. We all just, all, it was it was pretty, it was, pre, it was pretty pressured. I ain't gonna even lie to you, but we all just singing to them ducks, just singing to them. And they just flying circles overhead, just like flying circles. And, uh, you know, you, you just watch them and you call them, but you watching them and it just, they're smart. They've been shot at in the last five, six states on the way passing you. You ain't no different than everybody else that been shooting at them. These are the ones that done made it this far, at least. And this is still pretty early in the route. You know, going to Mexico. You know, and you just see them, and they just flying over, and they want to land, but then they're going away, and you just working that magic. So that was really, really cool to me about, you know, duck hunting. Them on the dog aspect of it, like, actually, no, I'm going to hold on that. Stay on the duck. So, as far as, like, the rest of it, so I ended up that day getting a, uh, a redhead. It was a hen redhead. Uh, for a while, we couldn't figure out whether it was a male or not, but, I mean, it's not, the color ain't that red that you see in a hen. So, it's kind of reddish-brown-ish. Um... So, you know, I got this one because it was, you know, when that kind of big flock was coming around and then they kind of left and it was sometime around then. We had a few extra, you know, ones coming in. So this group of three was coming in. It was coming in from the right side, low swoop, you know, trying to, you know, swoop down and maybe eyeball the decoys some more real quick, swoop down. And they're coming in from my right side and we saw them. It was some hunters on, you know, on the uh, on the right side before us. So them ducks had to meet them first. They had a British uh, a British lab, matter of fact, same color as Ruth, a yellow color. So they missed, which was cool. Like they was coming in, you know, they was moving now, coming in. They weren't like fighter jets, but they they weren't slow either. So. We, uh, it's our turn next. And so Eric got a, you know, he's watching them and shoot, bring them in, shooting them. And I'm watching them, bring them in, shooting them. And this is honestly, for the sake of, of just this podcast, I put this on, you know, I put it on my shotgun. There we go. I put this on my shotgun that. 
I hit that duck, which is the one that I have in my possession now. I say that because it I flowed so smooth with that 870. I flowed with it, and I just watched that duck. I've been doing a lot of clay shooting and a lot of skeet shooting. And I'm, I'm, I'm getting way smoother with the shotgun. And so that one, I was just so sure. It's like it was like when you shoot like a three pointer in basketball, and you just pop it off, and you just in the zone, and you or you running the hurdles. I used to run the four meter hurdles in college, and you just in the zone, and you either in basketball pop that shot, and you just everything about your form was good. You just know you hit it. Or in track, like I've been in the zone in track running hurdles and you get that tunnel vision and you just going and going. You know what I'm saying? It was cold as hell out there that day, 28 degrees. The shot was so lined up perfect. My hands cold as hell. I remember that shot every second, every detail of that shot. It was just like I, I read that shot so well and I pulled the trigger right on time. And as soon as I pulled it, that bird was down. And I know Eric was aiming in the same general direction, which is cool. And he thought he he thought that was a bird he shot, but I just knew that was my bird. Like I didn't know, I didn't think I knew. And that was that was why I you know claimed the bird. And he later on came back around and was like, you know what, Darrell? Like I think you did shoot that bird, which was cool. And if I didn't, it's not about that. But I'm just really proud of that shot because I feel so confident in it and if it wasn't my shot no big deal like no big deal but it's it's good to know like on, on a significant hunt like that you made a clean shot like that and all the work that you've been doing as far as going to the, the clay range uh, i go to tom Lowe down here in uh, camp creek in atlanta and uh it's just, it's a good feeling knowing that the work that you put in paid off on the hunt. It paid off in the field. It's just like anything else, like soccer practice. I used to go all the time. I was a goalkeeper. And your reflexes and stuff like that start, it's just muscle, muscle memory. So it just paid off in the field, and I'm pretty proud of that shot. And I'm glad I got a duck, you know, like that. Like, it's still a pretty looking duck. Uh, I think I want to get it mounted, matter of fact. I think so. That gad wall can hit the grill. So, uh, you know, I just, I wanted, wanted to definitely mention that. Now, as far as the dogs, like, Razor was on point. I'm going to speak on Eric's dog first. Like, Razor was definitely on point. Razor looked like a hunting dog. Like, what you think about a Chesapeake, Razor looked like a hunting dog and honestly there goes my decision making on dogs again if eric bred razor i might not be opposed to getting one of them puppies actually i'm not opposed to it because that chesapeake looked so good in the blind I'm not going to lie. That was a very stern looking dog. And that dog defeated the cold. Like that cold wasn't nothing to that dog. So 
that that was really really cool and razor definitely retrieved well he worked well on blind retrieves with eric um they looked for a duck that i think that duck just got on the way um so another group of guys shot one uh on the last day and eric tried to help him out by sending razor in and uh i think they just waited too late to go retrieve it they didn't come out there with a the dog that's why you come out there with a the dog you ain't got to wait that long to retrieve your ducks so uh yeah razor was on point i mean he retrieved my coop and i shot a coop i'll tell you about that and uh i told you about that and uh razor also retrieved my redhead ruger retrieved my quail though so uh let's talk about ruger Ruger earned his stripes. Ruger definitely earned his Labrador stripes out there, especially for him to be the age he is. And unfortunately, in Georgia, uh, duck hunting is not as strong as it is in Kansas. So for me to get him that much exposure to that in such a short amount of time, that was really monumental for Ruger. And I, could, I saw it on the last day because Ruger was kind of moving around in the blinds for a minute and then... I, uh, what I, what I will say I did wrong, I started with my e-collar trying to get him adjusted to the blind, but I don't, most of the time I just used the vibrate. I did not use the, uh, continuous option. And that's because I, I wanted to put a little bit of pressure on him to be in the blind, uh, and act accordingly. He's young, he's a year old. And my logic was, let me put a little bit of pressure, but not overwhelming pressure to do what I need him to do because it's a totally new area. Excuse me. It's a totally new area that he's hunting. So, you know, let me, let, but we ain't going to be out here, but for so long. So let me just go ahead and put a little pressure on him to do what I need him to do. Um, and he responded well, Ruger responds well to my pressure. Cause I'm not going to lie. I, I would, Sometimes I think that I'm I'm a bit hard-handed and not like I smack my dog, so please don't think that, but because I don't. But just I put I put a significant I'm I'm not going I'm not going to say I'm a take it easy type trainer. You know, uh and I have to I know at this point that I have to have a dog that can match that. Ruger can match that. And sometimes Ruger puts me in my own place as a trainer. Uh, and I started to see that um, throughout this hunt. He was kind of moving around a lot in the blind every so often, but I would vibrate his e-collar just a little bit um, instead of continuously uh, using the pulse thing or whatever. And he would shape up, but at a point he started getting cold. Like, he just honestly was cold. I think that was majority of the thing that blocked some of his learning. And I'm not going to say blocked it, but it slowed the learning down. Because at a point, he was, on the days that it was like, give or take 40, 50 degrees, something like that, Ruger was 
for the most part, pretty cool, especially if we were upland hunting because he he was moving. I think that blood was flowing a little bit more. Actually, I know that blood was flowing a lot more. Um, you know, and so it, it just worked out for him that way. But, you know, when we were in the duck blind, uh, he, he was just cold. So now, I mean, I have a neoprene vest for him. Eric actually uh, gave me Razor's neoprene vest that's never been used. Literally brand new because Razor couldn't fit it. He, he it was too small for him. And he just had it. And so uh, we got Ruger a uh, neoprene dog vest. Of course, Realtree Max 5. That, that's the shit. Uh, Camo-wise. It's honestly my favorite camo. And so, uh, it's in that and, uh, yeah, you know, we're going to just go ahead and start working them on them duck hunts and, you know, and, and at the end, like the last day I saw my duck dog. Hold on. So at the end, I saw my duck dog. He shaped up. He held through um, the cold. I think it still got to him a bit, but he kind of stood with his chest out. Like he kind of muscled himself through it. And I think that was a pretty bold step of him because that, that cold was kicking his ass like the first two days. But that last day, he like, he muscled through it. He stayed attentive. Uh, he wasn't moving around as much. I mean, it got to a point where he kind of laid down, but any dog is going to do that in the blind if ain't no ducks moving. But I shot at a couple of ducks I missed, and uh, he damn sure, he broke, but he broke in a way that I appreciated. He at least ran to the, the, the bank to the water thinking that I shot something and he wasn't doing that before. So that was a big step for me. Like he, he broke and it was like, let me go get a duck. Oh no, I ain't no duck out there. And it was cool. Like, cause he had not been doing that any other time. Um, he, I, and I think he was also watching razor operate. Razor's got a lot more experience with this. Razor's like three. So with a young dog, like, I wasn't really using any kind of stimulation or anything like that as far as duck hunting from the e-collar or whatever. There's no point to. He's got to learn. But I was kind of pressuring him to to at least stay up and stay up in the blind because early on in the first couple of days, he kind of wanted to, like, lay down and chill. And, you, you know, you can't do that. You got to stay a hill and uh, watch for the air. So, I think he also saw Razor retrieve my redhead, and that kind of gave him an idea, but since we didn't shoot that many ducks, and my, by shoot, I mean like shoot, land in the water for him to mark them, and then go retrieve, I think that at, that at a point, he just thought he was out there retrieving decoys or something like that, like just chilling. So, 
you know, we I definitely need to shoot more ducks over him and get him. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna get a uh, a dummy launcher for him. You know, or or get some uh, primers and and work them that way, just to kind of reinforce what he's learning. And don't think that I mean breaking like I'm okay with the dog breaking. Please don't think that, because I'm not. But for what I needed him to, for the concepts and things that I needed him to understand on this particular hunt, he got. And Ruger's a pretty fast learning dog. He got his grapes, he got his, you know, cuts and, you know, stuff like that. He's well taken care of. You know, he muscled through it, even when we were upland hunting. I know that was some thick brush, man. And it was spiky. I was walking through some of it like, dang. But we muscled through it, man. That dog, that dog there. There were times when he slowed down, and he's a pup, you know, he's not used to that big a ground, like Kansas was wide open. You pretty much hunt, you know, I'm, I'm from down here, I ain't never hunting nothing like that, so Kansas is wide, wide open, you know, so, you know, down here in Georgia, we, for the most part, got a lot of trees. We got a lot of trees. So, uh, Kansas was wide open, man, and it and I think it just required a lot of endurance from uh, Ruger, like more than he's normally used to, which is cool. It's cool. Um, It's, it's good that he got to work and got the exercise. I mean, I don't really know what else, how far to go with it. I mean, it was, Kansas was just wide open, man. I saw a lot of folks out there with uh, a lot of German short hairs. I think I saw, <coughs> what? What is barking at? But I saw a lot of folks out there with a lot of with a lot of German short hairs, and uh, I, saw, I think I saw like one wire hair, German wire hair pointer, and uh, I mean it was cool, like some nice looking dogs, but I saw a lot of that out there. Uh, definitely neoprene vest, which is probably should have been a indicator for me, but either way, Ruger muscled through it. Um, and so, uh, I, I think I can give him his stripes. And especially, we got to uh, a covey of quail and a bunch of them flush, like four of them, I think I counted, which is a lot. I ain't never seen nothing like that. Again, quail are so far removed from Georgia. And it, ironically, it's part of our history, but... They're just very scarce around here. So seeing something like that, I'm like, damn, four or five maybe? And so I, they flushed, and I sent Ruger in there, but I think they had pretty much gone further into the woods and 
we were wrapping up the hunt. It was like the end of the day. What was it? We were at uh, Jamestown by this point. Open, open, open space. West Kansas. We hunting pheasants and up some game and stuff like that. So, we, uh, We're walking back, me and Ruger, and he's off doing something, sniffing or something like that. And I see, and I turn around, and I see this quail pop up out the out one side of the road and land right into a little ditch across the road. I got Ruger, sent him in, Ruger went in like a champ, flushed the bird, held for a second. No, I'm sorry, he did not hold for a second. He flushed the bird. I don't, I don't know if I want him to hold. I don't know what that was about. What are you barking about, boy? So, Ruger flushed the bird, followed it as it was flying. I shot the bird it down. He retrieved it. He brought it back to hand perfectly. That's what I meant to say. I don't too much know how much I care about him holding steady to the flush like that like birds are gonna flush up anyway most of the time it's just me shooting over my dog i know i'm not gonna shoot my dog and we know how to operate we've been doing this since i got him so yeah i know how he's gonna flush a quail and when and where to shoot now i got buddies that shoot over my dog and i just tell them hey shoot in the sky but regardless He's got that. And I I think I need to go ahead and figure out whether or not that's in his in the upland hunt test. Because I want to get him a UH uh title. Your finger is still numb, y'all. Wow, it's that cold. So I think I want to get him a, a, not I think, I know I want to get him a UH title. And if I want to get a dog that comes from my next dog, I want to get from, I would like to get from UH stock too. Um, just for the extra added experience of having an upland dog. I like up, I'm not going to say I like upland more than duck hunting, but I want my dogs to be able to do both very well at that. Um, I just, I think I mutually have a, a, a very mutual respect for both of them at this point. Like, I don't like either or like you can sit here and call me for like deer hunting and I'll go. I still have not shot my first deer yet, but, uh, I'll go. But, you know, when I was out there, it was kind of slow and with this as much, uh, you know, training him and trying to get my whole dog training thing going and trying to get my dog some, 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 some points on his resume, have a good time with him, max him on out. He's enjoying it. You know, I might as well go ahead and, and do a lot of that. I mean, that's kind of where I'm at with that. And this Kansas trip re you know, reminded me why I got a chance to do both of them, you know, as much as possible from the 18th to the 22nd of November. 
2017. And so it was just it was just a really, really good experience. It reminded me or showed me and reassured me that what I'm doing is on point. That's where I'm at with that. So I think that's pretty much what I got to say about that. Um, I mean, I could go on, but hopefully y'all get the experience from the podcast with Eric. Uh, you know, I'm glad to be home, more motivated than ever for a lot of different things. I'm refreshed. I'm here. Ready to be back to see my lady and my friends. But I'm also ready to get back to dog training. More so than ever and get this guy, you know, where he needs to, where he can, as far as he can possibly go. But I also want to have a good time doing it too. And that's exactly what I did on this Kansas trip. So... Uh, you know, it's kind of where I'm at, kind of where I'm at right now. Kind of need to map out some things and figure out what I, uh, going to be working on next with Ruger. What can I improve? What can we add to the arsenal? And, uh, you know, keep this, keep it pimping, pimping. I, uh, I just, I, I had a really, really, really good time. That is what I want to say about that, my friends. Good, cold, set up camp, set up shop. Got to wear my Ray-Bans while I'm hunting. Yep. So, you know, that sleeping bag was cool. Ain't camped out in a good long time. But that was cool, man. Like, that's, that's what gets the, the, that's what makes all of this worth it. Experiences like that. So, you know, we can all thank God and appreciate moments like these and having moments like these, however you form them. You know, whatever that is for you, you know, fortunately for me, this is what that was for me. Like having those moments of, you know, my buddy was there, but I was also very present in my own world and trying to fulfill my own dreams and stuff like that. And uh, that was one of those things, man. And it's good to have a partner to do it like a dog. So I hope you guys enjoy hunting and you know hunting and and especially over dogs i mean that's what makes it worth it for me something i work towards every day something i do every day something i immerse myself in to every day uh 
to be sure that I got something to live for. A lot of things to live for, but this is definitely on that list. So, I hope y'all's hunting season is as good as mine thus far. It's November. We got a few more months left. Got a lot of things to do. I highly suggest that we make a move to do those things. All right, so I think that's pretty much it. that's pretty much it y'all uh i hope at some point you know folks can either write in or something like that kind of contact me or whatever and share hunting stories because i like this this is cool um whoever you know listens to it uh if you want to write in to me you can put it at uh red clay canine training at gmail.com red clay r-e-d-c-l-a-y canine k the left uh, the number nine training t-r-a-i-n-i-n-g at gmail.com so y'all can find that there i'm pretty sure it's somewhere in the little links or whatever um i have a patreon account that at some point, I want to start improving on the quality of my podcast. So, I figure that I can do that by getting like sponsorships or things like that, or having just subscribers and becoming a patron. And uh, I figure this would be a good way to do it, to be totally honest about it. I hope you guys like my stories. I hope you guys like what I uh, have to say, what I have to contribute, uh, you know, and I want to support, I mean, I support other podcasts and stuff like that, definitely the Hunting Dog Podcast and Tyler Webster and, you know, all of those guys, because that's what helps me stay motivated, and I definitely support them uh, in whatever ways I can. So that's just another way to help support me is becoming a patron. Uh, you can go to patreon.com and, uh, and I can add in, uh, our audio, can't talk, good Lord, um, RSS link to the, the, uh, the description and you can subscribe from there and go ahead and do blah, 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 blah. So, if y'all don't mind doing so, that would be awesome. I would really, really, really appreciate that. And that would help me uh, just improve on the quality, man. Like, I want to give y'all better stuff. And that'll keep me motivated and keep the quality good for y'all. Because I hate listening to podcasts where, like, something gets kind of funky. And I know some of mine have been. And I'm sorry for that. I hope y'all can hear it, like. My episode three, man, 
uh, with Ty, uh, not Tyler, good Lord, Richard Mumpower. I, I really hope you guys could listen to that one. I got some comments on it and it was kind of like funky sounding. So if it was, you know, I'm sorry. And that's what Patreon is for is to help me solve those problems. So I think I can conclude on there. Um, go ahead and I'm going to upload the rest of these podcasts and stuff like that. And y'all are going to get like one big bang of episodes, I think. All right, guys, stay tuned for more. And thank y'all for listening to the Gundog Notebook. I will holler at you later. What do you guys do? Well, you guys do like guide, like guide work? Well, I do, but I'm coming up here to hunt. Okay. Yeah. So that's I, awesome. I got it back in Georgia, but it's okay. like a personal trip this time. So. Yeah. So, so is this you guys' company? Well, it's mine. Yeah. Uh, I'm, uh, when I got it on, uh-huh. I'm okay. What I want to do with myself. So yeah. I started a uh, guide service, and I used I was doing the. Crafting. I'm not holding you up, am I? No, no, no. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we got we ain't, we ain't got to be that to tomorrow by sun up. Okay. But uh, I said, what I want to do? So I said, okay, let me start a uh, you know hunting fishing guide service. Yeah. But I had my own boat, and I said, okay, I got that. And so uh, I told you guys I was rifle trips, rifle trips, and everything. And that was hard. Uh, but hunting, I like that part better. So what I'm yeah. doing, I'm going to drop the uh, crappy fishing and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And then just go to the deep sea trips and go to the. Uh, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, go to the quail hunt and stuff like that. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, it's really fun. It's really fun.